You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does new wide receiver Kiki Cutie bring to the Texans receiving core? Maitland Rutledge, who covered Kiki at Texas Tech for SB Nation, shares his insight with us in today's show. Hello, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, alongside my partner and co-host, Brian Patterson from House of Houston. Welcome to Locked On Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. We're part of the Fan Rag Sports Network. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. Before we bring in Maitland, some front office news. GM Brian Gain cleaned house Sunday afternoon. Time to sweep out GM Rick Smith's guys. Gain dismissed assistant GM Jimmy Ray III, director of college scouting John Carr, assistant director of college scouting Mike Martin. Yeah, there's, it's going to be a list of these people. He, it was a few of them. College scouting coordinator Matt Jansen, college scout Seth Turner, scouting intern Roy uh, Pomerining, and Lisa Adruski, I'm going to get some of these names wrong, an administrative assistant in the player personnel department. I always find it interesting when front offices wait to clean out right after the draft. That's kind of interesting. Reminds me of Charlie Cashley getting let go right after the 06 draft. And Brian, besides that, a couple of other minor notes. The Texans pick up the fifth-year option on cornerback Kevin Johnson and re-sign Alfred Blue. Neither one of those it wasn't big surprise for either one of those moves, right? No, no, and and I actually wanted it to happen. Uh, you you don't know what's going to look like as far as Deontay Foreman's status uh, for this season. You know, it, it could be anywhere from he could be back at the start of the season to maybe week six, week seven. Who knows how long that could be? And um, just with the fact that there's a possibility he'll start on the pup list this season, you got to have a good backup plan, and you got to bring in Lamar Miller. And I think Alfred Blue is a great option. I believe his his deal was uh, what eight hundred eighty thousand dollars. I think half of that's guaranteed, if I'm not mistaken. He wasn't going to cost you a lot of money, and it's a one year deal. I like it, and uh, because Alfred Blue is versatile. I mean, of course, he can do stuff on special teams uh, as well. So I like it, and then uh, and then certainly with, when we're going to talk about the other moves as well. Now you're talking about the front office. They cleaned house. They fired the intern. The, what the intern do? I mean, he's just doing what he's told. He's over here getting fired as well. <laughs> That's why I saw that was the most I got out of that news, man. I was like, they fired the intern. What did he do? But yeah, Jimmy Ray, it's understandable because, you know, didn't he have Brian Gaines job before Brian Gain got, you know, the head job, you know, for general manager? That wasn't going to work. Plus, he had interviewed with the Panthers. I guess that didn't go over well because he was still with the Texans. But um, I, I don't think that uh, Jimmy, he'll land on his feet. He'll find somewhere to go. Um, he, he does have contacts, I'm pretty sure, throughout the league. So he'll be fine. Um, I just wish him the very best. But, yeah, yeah, Jimmy's uh, been around for a while. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a guy, it's a it's a football lifer. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. if you're friends yeah. with these guys, you care for most Texans fans, it's not going to make a difference. Uh, we're going to all put this – no matter what happens on Brian Gain, yes or no, whatever he does. As far as Kevin Johnson goes, yeah, you got to pick up that fifth-year option on Kevin Johnson. Run it back one more time. See if you can get it right. He gets over the injuries. He puts together a good year. He finally gets on the right track. I mean, he's shown, he's shown talent in spurts, and we've seen some things that he could do. 
but he's going to have to start putting it all together this year. No question about it. More roster moves. The Texans released tight end Zach Conk, cornerback Bryce Jones, tight end Ryan Malik, outside linebacker Jamil President. No big names on this list. So let's let's get right into our guest, Maitland Rutledge, who, who's been watching our four, fourth-round pick, Kiki Cutie, for the last few years. Thanks for stopping by, Maitland. And, and what can you tell us about Kiki? Are we, are we excited about this? Should we be excited about this, I should say? Well, I think y'all should be pretty excited about Kiki Cutie. I think every Texans fan should be excited. I mean, first of all, Kiki is excited because he gets to stay in the state of Texas. This is a Lufkin native, a Lufkin kid, went to the same high school that Des Bryant did. So he knows, uh, so he's, uh, you know, it was a talented guy, a pretty sought out recruit out of high school by Kingsbury and his staff. Uh, if anything, the biggest thing that jumped out to me, what Key QT has done during his sophomore and junior years is just explosiveness. And he's just a good route runner. He's quick off the ball. Um, he really turned into one of the and, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think Key QT entering this draft was one of the most underrated receivers because you obviously have the Calvin Rillies and you have the James Washingtons. Uh, but Key QT, people forget this guy was named first team all Big 12 and he was uh, fourth in the FBS. Uh, with, you know, 1,429 receiving yards, and he had 93 receptions, and that ranked sixth in the FBS and 10 total touchdowns. And his last game of his career, he ended with an 11-catch, 187-yard performance against South Florida, and he went out in style. But he was really the guy that made the difference on offense. I mean, he had – I think his break, his his biggest breakout game to me was at the end of the two, was at the end of 2016 where they played against Baylor, and he had 221 yards and two touchdowns in that game. That was the most uh, yards by a Texas Tech receiver in a long time, and that really uh, kind of helped QT arrive into the spotlight and really kind of uh, helped him gain some momentum as the number one guy going in to 2017 he worked he you continue to get better in spring ball and you guys should be excited about him because he's a game he's a playmaker he's a a, um you know he's a baller at receiver Uh, i think the biggest thing you're going to love about him is that the texans got another weapon to go along with the deandre hopkins and uh and uh, will fuller that the texans have now so i think cutie cutie just fits right in i think he can be a good explosive weapon and definitely a, a pretty good target for deshaun watson who's coming back off that acl injury Got a couple questions for you about his specific skills, and I want to get to that in a bit. But first, just want to remind our listeners really quick that if they're enjoying Locked On Texans, do us a favor. Tell your friends. Let them know they can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. We're going to keep you company during the daily commute to work uh, throughout the offseason. And, hey, if you're a fan of the show, record a message for us, maybe using the voice memo on your phone. Email the voice memo to LockedOnTexans at mail.com, and we'll use it on the show. Oh, we'd love to hear from you for sure. All right, here's the deal, Maitland. The thing that I think a lot of fans are going to wonder is he's fast. He's explosive. Can Kiki Cutie catch the football? How are his hands? His hands are actually pretty good. He made a lot of uh, catches last year where they were over the shoulder, and he just continued to work on his craft with um, receiving and everything like that. And you know what? One of the things I actually forgot to mention is that I think the best thing about Kiki Cutie going to the Houston Texans is that former Red Raider great receiver Wes Welker is an assistant there. So that's another Red Raider getting a chance to reunite. Uh, again, you know, another great Texas Tech receiver just getting a chance to learn from him. But Texas Tech has had good receivers coaches, um, Emmett Jones, and uh, Eric Morris. Now, Morris left to be the offensive coordinator, but he was also the inside receivers coach when he was here, and Emmett Jones was the outside receivers coach, and those guys did a great job of developing Key Q, uh, because when he first came in, you know, he struggled to get on the field. He had some problems catching, but he can definitely catch the football. He's not a body receiver. He is a hands guy. 
and he made a lot of catches last year that where he was, you know, he'd be in double coverage, and, I, and he, he had one big reception against the University of Texas where uh, Shimonek threw a rainbow down the field, and he made a great over-the-shoulder catch. There was a defender draped all over him. He made a great uh, reception also against uh, Kansas State where it was in the toward the right corner of the end zone, and he had to kind of uh, balance himself along the sidelines. His footwork is good, too. And I think that's something that can really help him out and that's really going to help him be good at the next level. And if anything, he's a guy that's going to come in, and he was a hard worker here at Texas Tech. Coaches really spoke highly of him. He really stepped up as a leader of that receiving uh, group last year, really showed some stuff to the younger guys. Uh, you know, and by the time it was the end of his junior year, the scouts came calling and said, you know, I think this guy's going to get a shot in the NFL, and he could be, uh, he, he could excel at the next level. And sure enough, here he is, a fourth-round pick, getting a chance to stay home in the state of Texas. We know his slot strength. That's his calling card. Uh, 1,088 yards from the slot this past season, which I believe that was uh, that was second uh, in college football uh, with those numbers that he put up. But what else do you think uh, where you could put him? You're Bill O'Brien. Where do you put him that's going to exude the most of his strengths? Well, I think in the slot he could be effective. But I think also there were times where QD would line up on the outside. Um, mm-hmm. Kingsbury mm-hmm. and uh, Shimanek really looked at him, his uh, offensive coordinator Eric Morris as well. They really looked at him as being the guy that could really take the top off of defenses, the guy that you could send down the field and really stretch the defense out and really make them, uh, you know, because then again, when you when you have, you know, it, when you, you know, at Tech, you know, there were other good receivers. Obviously, Cantrell was another guy drafted to the L.A. Chargers. So mm-hmm. there, you know, so it took some of the. Uh, you know, a lot of teams would start to double team uh, Kiki Kuti and he'd still make catches. So I guess if I'm Bill O'Brien, I think that, you know, you still got to figure out exactly what you're getting in Kiki, just, you know, as far as your system. But at the same time, I think he could be good in the slot, but I think he can also line up on the outside. Um, I really think that it didn't really, no matter where Kuti was lining up for the tech offense this year, um, he was making plays, he was getting open, and he's the guy that they were saying, we got to get the ball to him as much as we can, give him the ball, get a chance to win. So hopefully in training camp and preseason, he continues to show some of the explosiveness he did at Texas Tech and just continue to work on his craft and get better and just understand what it's like to play at the next level and just take his game to the next level because I still think there are some things he needs to work on. I still think that he's, first of all, he, he's, he's still a very young guy. He's a junior coming out of college, and I still think that even though, you know, a lot of guys come in as juniors and they excel, I think there's still a little bit of growing up to do for Kiki. He has to understand what it's like to be a professional athlete and just, you know, taking care of his family, but also just make the transition from being a college athlete, you know, who was the best on his team and one of the best in the Big 12, to now all of a sudden you're competing against the AFC South and you're competing against defenses like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans in your division, teams that have some pretty good defensive uh, talent. So, you know, I think Cutie is going to excel. And if I'm Bill O'Brien, I'm just saying, hey, we got we got a playmaker at receiver, and we're going to figure out how to use him and get him the ball. And I think QD, um, another thing about Kiki QT is that he's a pretty good dynamic guy in the return game. Uh, last year against Baylor, he had a 92-yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown to open the game. That was a big play. He wasn't used a whole lot in the return game as he was during his uh, his his uh, sophomore year when he was wearing number 20. Um, because being the number one guy, they didn't they they had a younger guy, they had other guys that they want to use in the return game. But Cutie can also be effective in the return game as well. He's pretty explosive there. I think that Bill O'Brien and company might try him out there first just to see if that speed is real, if that explosiveness is real, and then just you know continue to work with him on on the route tree and get him accustomed to their system. Did I see there were some question marks about his route running? How is he there? He's continued to work on it, and I think he um, 
you know, he, he he's not one of those guys that just, you know, is going to try to run just one route. He's the guy that continues to work on it. There, I mean, I don't know really how many concerns there were. I think the QT, uh, I think – you know, you know, any, I, I think when you're at the stage, you know, you're a rookie, you, you know, any player can, you know, use a chance to develop a little bit more. But I don't think there's any question that QT, you know, he's faced every challenge um, that he's been faced with being at Texas Tech. So I think that, you know, as long as he just works at it, as long as he just has his, you know, his head on straight, I think he's going to be a good playmaker for the Texans. Brian, you didn't have to be sold on this guy. I know this is your favorite pick, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it really is because it's just. Yeah, Maitland, we haven't had a slot receiver like this, the potential, um, I, I don't think ever. And that's what gets me so excited about this. Yes, we stole a safety in the third round. We stole Justin Reed. True, but this this is something that's going to be fun to watch, yeah, just to see him out there. It, it still remains to be seen how much time Justin Reed is going to get. But I honestly think that Kiki, he's going to be the draft pick that is going to get to play immediately and compete for that starting slot role. And um, going into my next question, what do you feel that it's there's something that he could work on? What's his weakness? What do you think draft scouts and what Bill O'Brien and the coaching staff said? Yeah, well, we know he does this, but we're going to fix that. We're going to try to to turn that around for him. Well, it's kind of tough to say right now. Most of the time when uh, QT would struggle to make some plays, it would sometimes be the play of the quarterback and Shimanek, but uh, you know, QT, I think that, you know, there are some, I think a little bit with um, maybe his, uh, his, his uh, quickness, you know, office routes, I think is something he might need to just help a little bit on. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of tough to say right now, but um, he can always be more explosive. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of weaknesses with him. I think it really just comes down to you know, um, his build is not the biggest out there, but for a slot guy, I think it's I think his size is perfect. And oh, you never know, and you never know going up against elite level NFL defensive backs that he's going to be able to hold up because, you know, he his his he's not the biggest guy out there. And sometimes when he'd be matched up against some taller defensive backs in the Big 12 conference, he would kind of struggle to get open. I think he need, I think he just needs to work on his physicalness a little bit more to really create some separation at the next level. I think if that's one thing I'd have to try to point out, I think that's it. Uh, he might need to work on that just a little bit. But I think if he could perfect that and just continue to work on getting separation, especially in the slot, I think it'd be a great spot for him, for Bill O'Brien to really see it because his, his, cause he can be explosive out there and he can get and – I, and I think his speed will be enough to help him get past those guys and make the catch in space and then just turn it up feel like I saw so many times him do at Texas Tech. A big thing, I'm sure, for a lot of people that were watching him to see how he progressed is, you know, could he still be really good without Pat Mahomes – uh, you know, you had a, a guy who was drafted first round pick. How did he do without Mahomes? Did, was he still able to excel? And do you think that showed you a lot with what he was able to do his, this last season? Oh, yeah, it absolutely showed me a lot. Uh, going into this, uh, you know, going into 2017, um, Texas Tech had a couple of receivers who had transferred out and that uh, some of the people thought that, you know, some of the fans thought was going to be, uh, you know, critical next year. But Kiki really stepped into that role. And I think, you know, like I talked about during his sophomore year, he really burst onto the scene. He earned um, um, all Big 12 honorable mention at the end of the 2016 season. He only had 890 yards and uh, seven touchdowns on only 55 catches. But obviously that was because uh, Mahomes was looking in the direction of other guys that we had, such as Jonathan Giles uh, and Cantrell. So 
So, um, of course, uh, Cutie really started to develop, and his explosiveness really showed in a game that it played in Manhattan against Kansas. He caught a pass. It was um, uh, it, from the slot, a slam right over the middle, and he caught that, and it seemed like he outran the entire Wildcat defense. And that's when I really saw that his quickness and his speed is going to be something that Texas Tech is going to love next year, especially because of the air raid offense. But um, – uh, he just, you know, I, I think even with Mahomes gone, I knew that this next year he was going to uh, produce. Now, you know, just shifting a little bit and talking about the gunslinger uh, in Nick Shimanek that was throwing him the rock. Uh, Shimanek, you know, he, he hasn't been the best quarterback that's come through Texas Tech, but even he is still getting a shot in the NFL. Uh, he signed as an undrafted free agent to the L.A. Chargers as well. So I think, you know, even without Mahomes, I think it really showed with Cutie, with Cutie putting up the numbers over a thousand yards, 93 catches ranked in the top 10 in FBS in catches and yards. Um, I don't think that, I don't think he, if anything, he was way better for his junior year than his sophomore year, for sure. I don't think his play depended on the play of Pat Mahomes at all. I think it really just depended on him getting better, getting a bit stronger in the weight room, working on his routes with our coaches, and just developing a chemistry with Nick Shimanek Because Shimanek and him did have some chemistry together, and uh, it really helped out. And Shimanek was a solid QB, but obviously, you know, Shimanek knew that, number two was the guy that you got to get the ball to. So I don't think with Mahomes leaving, he had to drop off at all. I want to ask you a little bit about his uh, personal side, but before I do, just want to remind everybody to, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, email us at LockedOnTexans at mail.com. If you forget any of that, just go to the show description. It's all right there in every podcast. We're also looking for contributors to LockedOnTexans.com. If you're interested, please let us know. Email us, LockedOnTexans at mail.com. Also, when you're done listening to today's podcast, take, take a few seconds, rate us on iTunes, put up a review, and we're certainly going to let you hear it on the show. Now, the last thing I wanted to ask you about is, you with Kiki, what kind of personality are Texans fans going to see? Are, are they going to fall in love with this guy off the field as well? Oh, I think they will. Um, you know, during his time at Tech, Cutie was not really the most outspoken guy on the team. I mean, he was a leader, but he wasn't like a really vocal one. There were some other seniors on the team that really let, uh, you, know, re- you know, really spoke out and things like that. When Cutie would ever do interviews, he has a kind of very humbling personality. You know, um, he comes from a family where, uh, you know, you know, you know, that was really classy and that really uh, just exemplified what it, you know, what a football family is. So over there in Lufkin. So his personality, he's reserved. But I always know, but I always feel like that, you know, you always got to have those athletes that, you know, they just let their play speak for themselves and they don't really need to run their mouths to, you know, get uh, everybody's attention. You know, Cutie just, you know, showed up every Saturday and he played well. uh, And I think that I think Texan fans are really just going to like his personality because he's a humble guy and he always is talking about getting better, getting in the gym, getting, you know, working on his routes, working on his skills, just doing everything he can to be good at the next level. And he did that every year. Um, he never really spoke a whole lot to the media while his, during his time here. He just kind of did everything quietly. But, um, you know, uh, I expect his, his personality to fit in well with the Texans locker room, just a guy who's going to show up, work hard, and try to get better every day. It's not going to be boring, is it, Brian? You know, you got Deshaun Watson running around trying to find guys, and there's Cutie and Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins flying around trying to get up. I mean, all this time we've been talking about how boring the Texans are for years and years. Well, it all changes just like in a year and a half. Boom. It's, it's, it's going to be really fun to watch this guy and, and Deshaun and these other guys on offense. It's about time. I tell you what, because, you know, when Bill O'Brien first came in, it was pretty bland. You know, he was just trying to piece things together. 
um, you know, with just has-beens and undrafted free agents. But they're really looking at guys that are explosive, you know, stronger, longer, faster. We hear it all the time. <laughs> and uh, that's the whole situation there. But uh, just, you know, getting back to Cutie, and I I am, you know, inclined to pronounce it as Cote because it looks like it. But so I'm going to really, really work hard to make sure I say Cutie. Uh, you know, I'll just have to remember it that way. But to get into my question, do you, how is he in the community? Like, do you know if, like, he was involved, like, any volunteer work or charity work? And I know that factors into, you know, being a member of the Houston Texans. But and maybe fans need want to know. You know, what? what's he doing in the community? Well, uh, Kingsbury and the Texas Tech football staff would always be going out in the community. When they went to uh, Bur- the Birmingham Bowl in Alabama, they, of course, paid visit to the hospitals and everything like that. Oh. Uh, you know, Cutie wasn't really interviewed during those particular times, but, of course, he was with the team. And uh, they also been to, like, uh, the South Plains Food Bank here in Lubbock before, and Cutie went and volunteered there. Uh, didn't really talk much about being there, but um, he always he, he would always be posting, you know, whenever he'd go there. You know, it was great to, you know, be in the community, help out the community. But I think his personality is going to be good for being involved in the Houston community and helping out and just volunteering. I think that he would fit in well with that. Um, You know, Texas Tech is really all about, you know, the city of Lubbock and, you know, supporting the community and everybody being, you know, supportive of one another. It's a football town. It's a college football town. It's the way it is down here in the South Plains. But uh, Cutie would be involved in that a little bit, as well as all the other Tech football players. And he go along with it and he loved doing it. So I think that I think that, you know, like you said, to be involved in the in, in the Texans community and just be around the city of Houston, I think would be great because he, he, he has he has he has a personality, you know, he has a smile that will light up a room. I mean, when Whenever he'd be taking his helmet off, he'd be smiling, he'd be having a good time. He has just kind of a warm personality that I think a lot of his teammates will just warm up to and that, you know, they'll be able to get along with um, from the get-go. Usually, Maitland, if you're in Texas and you're not in the Houston area, you're not a Texans fan, you're a Cowboys fan, I'm hoping with Cutie here and Wes Welker coaching, we can maybe gravitate some of these people from the Lubbock area, some of Red Raider Nation over to the Texans. (laughs) <laughs> oh, um, oh! I, I promise you, uh, there's already people that are going to be buying uh, Kiki QT jerseys for sure. But you know, a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of my friends are uh, Texans fans. They're from the Houston area. They love the Texans a lot. I mean, I watch them from time to time, obviously, because you know that's another state team. Um, you know, they're absolutely going to love. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some that start migrating to uh, you know the Texans. Uh, uh, you know. You know, fandom, you know, the bandwagon just a little bit, but, you know, because of Key Cutie. But, uh, you know, I think that, you know, fans in, fans in Houston, they're just going to like Cutie because you're, you're getting a guy that in, that in a few years we could be talking about as a big playmaking guy in the slot at receiver. And that's all I hope for Key Cutie in the future. And that's all that Texas Tech fans and everybody that's uh, had a chance to cover him and just watch him play over these last three years uh, for him in the future. Man, you're always great with knowledge on Texas Tech. If people want to follow you, with what's going on with Texas Tech, let them know how they can do it. Well, y'all can follow me at Maitland, and that's with a capital M underscore the third. That's three I's at the end. Yeah, if y'all want to follow me there. Um, by the way, um, I actually am a writer for RedRaiderSports.com now, and that's the Rivals affiliate for Texas Tech. We cover Texas Tech football recruiting there, uh, some other Texas Tech sports. We're in the middle of baseball season, so we've got a lot of content on there. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of recruiting articles with the open contact period and uh, uh, recruits getting uh, contacted by Tech coaches as they're hitting the road. So follow me there. Um, I'll be writing something that will be coming out uh, 
uh, published tomorrow as well. Um, so, yeah, feel free to follow me there if you want to, uh, you know, get in touch with me about some Texas Tech football news, recruiting, basketball too, as well as what other, whatever else we want to talk about with Texas Tech. So follow me at Maitland underscore the third on Twitter. We're really excited about having him here. Stay with us, Maitland. We're going to wrap things up. Before we do, though, Brian, we, we, we got to talk about the undrafted free agents the Texans sign in the next few days, possibly. We're going we're gonna to get to all those guys. I'm kind of waiting to get all the names out there. But one name that it's going to be a little bit harder for me to root for, apparently the Texans have signed LSU offensive tackle K.J. Malone. It's always hard to root for a Malone if his daddy is Carl Malone. I've grown up hating Carl Malone, so this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the mailman. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, it's crazy though. But you know, I it, it would be interesting because we actually have we we have a need for tackles, and that's that's his position. And uh, you know, you never know with the undrafted free agents. I think that's why we didn't invest so much on the offensive line during the draft. But you look at the list of all the guys that are undrafted free agents that have either gotten a tryout or have signed a deals. A lot of these guys are tackles, so they're going to try to see if they could do it cheaply and try to put this offensive line together, which kind of goes against what Brian Gaines said. Like, I, we want guys that are ready right away, explosive guys that are going to be able to make an impact, and then you go and get these undrafted free agents. Who knows if they're going to be ready? But, you know, they're the ones that are evaluating talent. They're the ones that are selling together, so I'm just going to trust that they know what they're doing. Uh, but I will definitely be critical if this falls apart. So, yeah, um, it, it, that's kind of cool. You're not going to be critical. It's an undrafted free agent. We're not expecting much from these guys. I mean, they've been lucky in the past uh, with their Arian Fosters. We mentioned his great list, Arian Foster, A.J. Boye, maybe Dylan Cole's going to be added to that list. But uh, K.J. Malone, if he's half as physical as, as his daddy, and maybe he plays a little bit more legally than his daddy did, uh, hint, hint. Yeah. all you Rockets fans out there know what I'm talking about. Uh, yes, he, I do. He could be pretty good. We're, we're going to wait and see. Uh, Brian's got it all covered on House of Houston, a fan side affiliate. Houseofhouston.com is the place to go. Me and RG, uh, just, we just talked about Rockets and Astros, a little bit of Texans as well on Houston Sports Talk, my podcast. Uh, go check that out. Houston Sports Talk. It's on iTunes and it's got a free Android app. You just go to Google, the Google Play Store. It's all right there. That's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh,